Son of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated, and would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to gather us together into your house, to bring your people together, to live life together, to pray together, to hear your word of love and forgiveness together. We pray that during this time you work by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, that we may hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the second or third Sunday after Epiphany. I keep losing count, to be honest. I think it's the third one. But during this season of Epiphany, we remember kind of what this season is all about. This time we continue to look back through God's Word and see how Jesus is revealed to people, right? On the 6th, during Epiphany, we saw Jesus revealed to the wise men as they came and sat with them. And then we saw the baptism of our Lord where God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the entire Trinity was there and present. We saw a couple of disciples get called last week. And oddly enough, this week we see a couple of more disciples get called. So the preacher's dilemma, what do you preach this time? Well, thankfully, you have two. So you got to hear Pastor Bob's sermon last week, and you get to hear me today. So as we look at this season of Epiphany, though, we also need to look that we're in a different gospel. Last week was John's gospel. John's gospel is poetic and beautiful, structured around this beautiful time frame of seven days, and there's three sets of these seven days, and it's just a masterpiece of poetry and organization from one of the disciples that was there at Jesus' side. Today we have Mark's gospel. Mark wasn't at Jesus' side. He wasn't there through all of the events. He was a compatriot of Peter, and so this is kind of Mark's take as he would hear from Peter about all the things that Jesus had done. And so from Mark's gospel, we get a slightly different perspective. Remember John's gospel, we would hear that Jesus was the Word of God made flesh. Mark's gospel, he doesn't waste time with poetry and flowery words. Everything is immediate. Everything happens right away. In fact, at the beginning of Mark's gospel, there's no birth narrative. There's no youth. There's no genealogies. There's nothing. We are right on the scene with John baptizing. And as soon as John is done baptizing Jesus, he's tempted. And then he's at work calling. We get the Word at work in Mark's gospel, and there is no time to waste. So what do we see? Well, we get this wonderful account of Jesus walking in, proclaiming the good news of God, the gospel, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news. But we need to take a step back for just a second. Was there ever a moment in your life when you walked around, just think way, way back, way back when you would hear your parents talk, and they would say something that came out of their mouth, and you would say, there is no way when I grow up as an adult that I'm going to say those words because our parents are so out of touch, they have no idea what life is like now, there is no way that I would ever echo what my parents would say because those words just don't make sense. And then a couple of decades go by. And all of a sudden, 
there's a voice echoing in your ear, and it sounds exactly like your voice, but it's saying words you said you'd never say to a young one or to anyone else, and you stop for a second, you go, I just became my parent. <laughs> and the shivers kind of roll through your body for a second. I remember my dad would always say, when I'd get sad, my bottom lip would stick out, and he'd say, you better suck that lip back in before a bird lands on it. Yeah, I didn't think it was that funny when I was a kid, but you know what? It was really fun to tell to my kids. <laughs> but we all have those things, right, where these words sink into our heads at some point in time, and then somewhere down the road, we end up saying them. Well, Mark's gospel, we've got the Word of God, the very Word that was at creation, the very Word that was there when everything was formed, the very Word that would speak to Jonah, that would speak to Moses, that would speak to Abraham, the very word that would bring God's word into the ears of people. We get that word in the flesh, as John would say, but we get that word directly at work, as Mark accounts for things. So what's he doing? Well, he's preaching dad's words. I mean, he's preaching his father's words. He's saying, look, the kingdom of God is at hand. The good news is here. The time is fulfilled. Repent and believe the gospel. You know what the gospel is, but that's because you actually got to read all of Mark's account. Right? We got Jesus on the Sea of Galilee with Peter and Andrew and James and John. They haven't seen the cross. They haven't seen any of the things that Jesus would do three years down the road. They haven't seen any of that. And so they hear this word from Jesus, repent, believe the good news, the kingdom of God is at hand. What is the gospel to them? What would they have heard? First off, in Mark's account, they have no clue who Jesus is. There's no prior introduction. There's nothing saying that they may have seen him over with John the Baptist or anything like that. In Mark's account, as he would have us hear his perspective, these guys are just working like everybody works. Like you work. I mean, imagine somebody walking into your place of work or into your neighborhood and walking along the sidewalk as you were doing your daily deal, and they just said, the kingdom of God is at hand, the time is fulfilled, repent and believe in the good news. You'd say, what? <laughs> Who are you? It's kind of what we get from Mark's gospel when Jesus comes on the scene here on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Yet, they follow him. Could you imagine your kid out doing chores in the front yard and someone walks along and says, repent in the good news, the kingdom of God is at hand, follow me, and your kid up and leaves and goes out? No, you'd probably be trying to rein them back in, go get a hold of them, and tell them that they shouldn't just listen to any stranger that comes walking along, no matter how good they sound or how confident they may be, right? And that's what we got with James and John, their dad, Zebedee, just sitting there at the boat watching his boys walk off. That would be weird. 
Now, in that culture, too, if you had a teacher that was walking along and they called you, it was very odd. Normally, students would go seek out a teacher and follow them for a while first before they would be accounted as one of theirs. But Jesus flips all that on its head and he says, look, the kingdom of God is here. The time is fulfilled. What, what was he talking about? Well, all these boys knew their scriptures. They all knew the things that were pointing up to this time. They all knew that their people were waiting for a Messiah. They all knew the word that had been at work throughout all of history. They all knew these accounts of history with Jonah and Moses and Abraham and Isaac and David and everything else that had gone along. And they knew the prophets and they knew these words. They knew that there would be a time that would be fulfilled when good news, good things would be happening because God would be at work, his kingdom would be brought in, and the people would be taken care of. And now they got Jesus preaching that, proclaiming the good news. Imagine how excited they'd be. How wonderful that would sound. The God that we've been waiting for to do stuff for thousands of years is finally active and doing stuff. The kingdom is present. All this good stuff is happening. And he says, repent and believe. Repent's a great word. In the Greek, it's a military term. It means if you're facing this way, you about face and you go that way. Turn around. Leave what you were doing and do something else. Sounds easy enough, right? How's that gone for you over time? The same sins well up. Find yourself in the middle of something, you got to repent again. Turn around again. It's hard. It's hard to stop. It's hard to turn around. It's hard to leave the things that you know are good and comfortable and to go on to something else. I mean, think about these guys. Their entire livelihood, everything they knew, everything that they had been raised up in, everybody that they knew, every way in which they knew that they'd be taken care of each day, Jesus just says, yeah, leave all that. Come follow me. Where? You'll see. They weren't fully disconnected from family. They would get to go see them and spend time with them. And in fact, most of the ministry was up around that area of the Sea of Galilee. So they would still see the folks, but nonetheless, in that moment, right then and there, you got Jesus calling them out of whatever it was that they had going on. Because his word does stuff. It's amazing to think that they didn't respond like a lot of folks and say, no, that's good, I'm going to do it my way. Be Frank Sinatra for a bit. Take things on my way, live my way. Thanks for letting me know that the kingdom of God is at hand and everything's going to be taken care of, but i got a good thing going on over here. I don't want to leave that. I can't leave Dad. My mom's at the house and my brother needs taken care of. It's hard sometimes turn around, to actually believe that what God says is true, 
that he is going to care for you, that he is going to take care of you, that he is going to do all these things as his word works and as his word does exactly what it says it would. I mean, you heard the Jonah account earlier, right? Jonah didn't think God's word was going to work. He walked into a city that was 60 miles wide and said, God's going to destroy you guys in three days. That was his entire sermon. Five words in the Hebrew. That was it. And they went, really? We, we better hope he doesn't. Let's pray. Let's fast. I'm not calling you out to all fast and pray in that sense. Because God's word has worked in a different way on you. Did you ever think about that, though? Somewhere down the line, his word was at work through all of the generations so that his word would land in your ears. From Peter and Andrew, James and John, we would see the word at work on their lips after they had seen the cross, after they had seen the resurrection. In that book of Acts and the early history of the church, through all those years, that word would continue to be at work. That word would continue to be handed down. That word would continue to preach exactly the same thing. The kingdom of God is at hand. His word actively reigning and ruling over things. Repent, believe the good news of God. That he's doing stuff. And he's doing stuff for you. Working for you. Calling you out from all the things that would separate you from God. Saying, repent, believe this good news. Believe this word that Jesus did. Believe this work that he had accomplished. Believe in these things. And I'm going to work within you to believe it. I'm going to work within you so you would know of the promises and believe in the promises so that when you find yourself separated from those things because of your own work, he would call you into repentance and say, stop, turn around, remember what I've already done for you. Remember what I've already accomplished for you. Remember what I've already handed over to you as a free gift. Remember this good and gracious word that I've given you that says, I love you and I forgive you and life is in me, not on your own in some other way, but right here in me. The word at work. That word that passed down through all of the generations so that you would hear it. That word that continues to go on, not just from preacher's lips, but from your lips. As you proclaim that word in your homes, as you proclaim that word to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers in your neighborhoods and in your places, that word continues to work in you and through you. You have permission to speak that word. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but in your baptism, God has made you his own child, just as Jesus was. So that you could speak his word, the Father's words on your lips, a word that shouldn't make you shudder when you say it, though it is scary to say it sometimes, because sometimes we may not actually want his word to work as strongly as it might. It's scary to say it because we don't know the consequences or the power of God's word sometimes. It's scary because we think somebody might reject that word, and in so reject us. But Jesus spoke to that too. He said, don't worry, 
It's not you they don't like, it's me. But you've been given a beautiful word. A beautiful word of grace, a beautiful word of hope, a beautiful word of mercy, a beautiful word of forgiveness in Christ alone. The word at work, the kingdom of God at hand, the good news of God is that Jesus has come, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is risen, and that Jesus will come again, and he has already made you his. His word continually working on your heart to hold on to it. Because no matter how many of the times that we may try to turn around away from God, he continues to hold on to us and drag us back. He continues to keep his word in your ear so you would know of his work done for you. Take that word everywhere you go, because it's not letting go of you. Man, it's a good word to share. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made us yours by your word and work, that you sent your Son, the very word of God, into the flesh, that we would see him in all the things that he would do for our good, the kingdom of God at work, the good news that you have done something to save us from your wrath, that you have made us yours in the waters of baptism and by the faith you create. We thank you for the work you continue to do, and we pray that you would work by your spirit and give us the courage to continue to speak your word and let your word flow from our lips for the good of the people you bring around us. In Jesus' name we praise and thank you. Amen.